All right, we are back. We talked about the killing of uh, lions and killing of animals in the last segment, and, you know, it's, it's a grim topic. But if there is any comedy relief in a story like this, well, we may have found it with a piece from the True Stella Awards, which is one of our backup books we go to from time to time as we need some absurdist-type items. Anyway, this chapter is titled The Big Game Hunter versus Bullet Manufacturer. The location was Minnesota. The year was 2003. The award status was described as dishonorable mention. Here's the deal. Rolf Rauer of Scotland was described as a professional big game hunter. He went on a safari in Africa to shoot game. When a lion charged him, he shot it. But the lion managed to keep going, crossing 30 yards to maul him. The problem, Rauer said, was he was trying out a new type of ammunition in his hunting rifle, and it wasn't the right sort of ammunition to blow away a charging lion. But a professional knows his tools, and a sportsman knows there's risk. So that's the end of the story, right? Well, no, not by a long shot. Rower's American attorney, Louis Freinick of San Rafael, California, said, This bullet is not suitable for killing a charging lion. It's suitable for killing a lion over a period of time. Except safari hunters aren't there to kill animals over a period of time. They want those animals dead instantly. Said Freinicke, The lion died, basically, while chewing on my client. Which Radio Parallax editorializes, good! But anyway, on Rauer's behalf, Franicki filed a U.S. federal lawsuit against the Federal Cartridge Company of Anoka, Minnesota. The bullet Rauer used is designed for thick-skinned game like rhinos and hippos. The lion has thinner skin, which allowed the bullet to pass through its body without causing it to expand, making it less lethal, Franicki said. Thus, the shot lion remained a, quote, harmful beast capable of causing severe personal injuries to humans for a substantial period of time, unquote. This caused the author of the book to editorialize, yeah, well, who loaded the bullet into the rifle? In the lawsuit that was filed, how much compensation Rauer demanded was apparently not reported. And the legal question raised is, who's responsible when a professional, quote, unquote, hunter uses the wrong ammunition for his job? Rauer seemed to feel that in the world of safaris, turnabout is anything but fair play. Afterward, Rauer's lawsuit against the Federal Cartridge Company charged defective design and, quote, failure to warn, unquote, over that defect. But U.S. District Court Chief Judge James M. Rosenbaum threw the case out, calling the hunter's arguments sheer conjecture. He also ruled that Rauer failed to demonstrate that the bullet was dangerous. <laughs> Now, which is, frankly, an interesting concept, or that the manufacturer had any duty to warn him about its appropriateness for shooting lions. The judge also dismissed claims for breach of warranty, negligence, and design defect. The total time elapsed in the American courts from the incident to the conclusion of the lawsuit? Well, four years, three months. Lightning speed. All right, let's report on some follow-up items here. We mentioned on this show a few weeks back about these projections into California's future and what the heat situation is going to be like. It's going to be pretty grim here in the Central Valley in about, oh, 60 years, assuming that nobody does anything about global warming. And since nobody seems to be wanting to do anything about global warming, that seems like a fairly good bet. Isn't it absolutely horrifying that as we approach a presidential election that no one's even talking about this? But I digress. Sacramento and Davis, projected in the future, 
will apparently have uh, weather somewhat like today's Jacksonville, Florida, minus the bikinis and snorkeling. Now, a better place to be might be the peninsula, where places like Redwood City uh, and San Francisco, actually, are expected to have climates more like that of San Diego in the future. San Diego is thought by many to possibly have the best climate uh, in the U.S., maybe the world, because it just doesn't need air conditioning and it doesn't need heating, at least not much of either. The climate scientists that study these things, and there are a few of them, uh, especially of late in this, in this piece, which was reported in the journal Scientific Reports, noted that Minneapolis-St. Paul might be the least comfortable place in the country with the largest number of days needed to either heat it or cool it. This no doubt comes as no surprise to Garrison Keeler. And uh, these projections note that if you're living in Seattle, you're probably going to have weather more like San Jose, California in, in the future. These are some nasty predictions in some instances, and we frankly hope this does not materialize. On the other hand, this correspondent is giving some serious consideration to moving a little bit closer to the San Francisco Bay Area and out of this hot valley, which I've enjoyed for the past few decades, but it's getting kind of warm and the air kind of stinks. And developers seem to be buying up politicians wholesale and having their way. You know, kind of one unforeseen consequence of this downtown arena, which is probably going to destroy the central core of the state capitol, in this correspondent's opinion, is that the vast numbers of homeless, which have been brought into the area by well-meaning people, have now been displaced by the construction and have moved 20 or 30 blocks east, into my neighborhood, there's a lot more panhandlers and crazy shouting people wandering in and out of the uh, stores and businesses of East Sacramento, and that's just, that's just not a happy thing. All right, another capital political issues. I was kind of amused by the piece by Jeremy White and Alexei Kosov in the B, explaining how you can speak like a capital insider, explaining some of the jargon that gets tossed around. Phrases like, sponsor which they define as an outside entity that writes a bill and then gets a lawmaker or bill author to carry the bill, who's not always forthright about um, their role in this. The term job killer is something that the California Chamber of Commerce, Republicans, and, and moderate Democrats don't like because they typically affix that term to priorities of organized labor, environmentalists, and other Democratic allies. Yep, if we stop planting those almond groves and using all of California's water to produce... Uh, nuts to export while all of our lawns go brown, well, that'd, that'd be a real job killer. Here's one I like, the term poison pill. That's an amendment they add to a bill so it then becomes indefensible and dies. This reminds us of the great quote by the Iron Chancellor, Otto von Bismarck, who once noted that people who like sausages and respect the law shouldn't watch how either one gets made. All right, in the one minute we got left, among all this pile of papers in front of me, I guess I'd choose this one to talk about. The FDA has approved the controversial, quote, female Viagra, unquote, drug, which they're going to call Adji. Washington Post notes that the FDA on Tuesday evening approved the world's first drug designed to stir a woman's waning desire for sex, a condition described as affecting an estimated 1 in 10 U.S. women. As we thought they might, the FDA has approved the controversial drug Flabanserin, which it had rejected twice before. But now they're going to market it as ADYI, and it's going to come with a series of conditions reflecting the agency's concerns about serious side effects. Those are going to include a box warning that highlights the risk of low blood pressure and fainting in patients who drink alcohol while taking the drug. 
It strikes this correspondent as a little bit creepy that a drug that's going to remedy women's lack of interest in having sex as having the side effect of making them pass out after they drink alcohol. We think that's going to result in more sex for these women, but uh, shades of Bill Cosby, we hope they're involved in the process. I don't know, calling this stuff female Viagra is such a misnomer. As this article notes, surveys show that low libido is the most common female sexual dysfunction. Sex experts say it's also the most difficult to treat. It's probably not going to be fixed with a little pill. And though she's not really ill, there's a little yellow pill. She goes running for the shelter of her mother's little helper. And it helps her on her way, gets her through her busy... We are out of time. This program was produced by Edward McMillan, who started producing five minutes out of getting out of the car fresh from Oregon. I'm Douglas Everett. This has been Radio Parallax, and we will see you next week at the same time. And if you've got some insights into these Saudi questions we're raising, by all means, share them. We'll see you next week. And goes running for the shelter of a mother's little helper. And to help her on her way, get her through her busy day. Doctor, please, some more of these. Outside the door